Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Osiris. Hey everybody, this is a special episode of the Helping Friendly Podcast. We are in between episodes, and if you have been following our 40 for 40 series, uh, we will pick that back up on Sunday. We're going to actually do that live on Sunday morning at 10, and uh, we'll be hopping into 2012. But in the meantime, I wanted to bring you a conversation with three musicians who I really love, and um, I think, I'm sure, I hope and and assume that everyone loves them as well. Um, I'm here with Scott Metzger. Ray Pachkowski and Russ Lawton. Um, I'm going to introduce those guys in just a second. You might be saying, why are you doing this on HF Pod? Well, first of all, these guys have a tour coming up and they're going to tell us about a lot of music. And so that's fun, I think, for all music fans. Also, they all have connections to the Fish universe in different ways, but um, we'll get into some of that. But um, thank you, Scott, Ray, Russ, for joining. Um, as far as I can tell, we have very soon, we have a lamp tour coming up um i think when's the last so we, i know that the the dates are starting this uh in early november um what when's the last time you guys did a tour you know more than like a, a couple shows was it was it back was it when you released the album um no but we didn't do much when we released the album because that was sort of deep oh, in that the was lockdown that was kind of right. yeah um, but since then, we've done a handful, a small uh, like smattering of shows, but not many. I think we did one weekend where we did two or three shows, and then maybe another weekend where we did two shows. But as yeah, far as like a proper yeah. tour, does that sound that sounds about right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. And so you got twelve. As far as a proper touring thing, you know, this is this is kind of our maiden voyage. That's awesome. There's 12, 12 shows. I'll, I'll link to the to the Jambase article where all the uh, all the tour dates are are listed out. But you guys are starting at Garcia's on Halloween and then going to Portsmouth and Burlington and 
Massachusetts, Connecticut coming down here to to Ardmore, DC, Charlottesville, Asbury Park, and then Amherst, Mass, uh, with a little break in between there. But th- this is like you guys are hitting a lot of spots, and I love that. Um, tell me quickly, just what what's going on with the music? Because I the the record you guys made, I think, is awesome. I still listen to it all the time. I love the vibe that the three of you bring together. Have you been writing new stuff? Is there new stuff coming? Like where where are we musically? Well, we've been we've been basically just sharing ideas, um, you know, sort of online kind of stuff. And I'm going to be really interested to, to, to see what comes out of that because a lot of it's just going to happen on the stage. And so, you know, the ideas for, for tunes and just rhythmic ideas, Russ will come up with a, uh, a groove and then Scott will be like, Oh, here's this little riff or whatever. And then I'm, I come in last because I'm lazy. <laughs> and, but I, I don't know. It, it just, it, we'll see what happens. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I think the same thing. You know, I mean, we've been st- shooting around ideas the same way that we wrote the first record, actually. You know, someone will, you know, usually it starts with Russ's drum beat. Uh, he'll send around a beat and, uh, you know, we'll throw down uh, a few harmonic ideas on top of it. Somebody will come up with a melody and we'll kind of keep sending the the files back and forth. Um, because I'm the I'm the black sheep of the group. I'm the only guy that doesn't live up in Vermont. So you know, <laughs> that making a seven hour journey. It, it could change. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the fine print when we uh when we did the tour. Um yeah, and so you know, driving seven hours to do a rehearsal is is a little extreme. So uh instead we do this piecing it together thing, remotely writing tunes uh, with one another. And then, uh, like I said, when we get together at a gig, we'll start running stuff in sound check and flushing it out and see how it feels in real life. And some of them become tunes and some of them don't. Yeah, that, so, so this like, so the, am I understanding this right? That like the decisions about whether some of these will become songs will happen uh, sound check of that first show. Some of it, yeah, sure. That's awesome. I think so, yeah, yeah. That is so. And I'm great. sure some will develop over the course of, you know, multiple sound checks. So by the yeah. end of the end of the run, you know, we'll have some some new stuff that we've uh, massaged into place. I guess one one other question I had just about the the tour. Um, are you guys thinking about? Do you approach these shows in a kind of song based way or more in an improv way? Because it seems like it's sort of in between. Or, or maybe that's maybe you don't even think about it in those. <laughs> those terms well i i would say i mean we have basically uh, i guess you call it a, a song list you know a bunch of material that we feel comfortable doing as a starting point but then in in the song you know in, in each piece pretty much anything well some more than others but any, anything can happen it can kind of go anywhere so a lot of the improv, well, all the improvisation happens within sort of a framework of a an arrangement, I guess you would say. I would say. I don't know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Russ, how do you how do how do you approach that? I same way. I mean, Ray and I've been doing that for a long time together too. But you get a song, you know, one of those songs, and instead of just going for the exact arrangement, one section will like this. We we'll just keep, you know, we'll keep going on it and stuff. We'll just look at each other and, you know, stretch it out 
and then just ready to get out of it, we'll get out of it. So. Yeah. Wide open. And that's a big, to keep it wide open. That's a big thing with this band is, is the connection that Russ and Ray have. I mean, Matt, they make it very easy for me to sound good. Because they they have such a these guys have such a connection, you know. When when musicians play together for for that many hours, as many hours as these guys have, and have been through so many, you know, just life things together as these guys have. There's a there's a thing that happens with musicians that you can't. It just can't happen any other way, you know. You can't fake it, and you know it. Everybody knows it as soon as they hear it. Everybody can just feel, oh, this is this is special, and these two guys have that um in spades and i think for me as as the as the non-vermont guy it makes it very fun to come in because i'm um i have just as much fun listening to what these two guys are doing in their connection as i do with playing the tunes um in real time and uh it, it just keeps it really really fresh and and, and new feeling um, so so we're basically just auditioning you is that I'm, this is one big audition. I'm still waiting. You know, I'm still hoping that, that this, oh, you, you get can the gig. join the club. You can join the club. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I mean, love that. Yeah, that's right. I, I love that perspective, oh, though. It's awesome. Um, I got to say, and I know um, Ray and Russ. I'll see you guys in in a couple weeks at the Stone Pony. You two are playing with Desron um, as, as part of Tom Marshall's 60th birthday party. I will be there. I can't wait to, to see you guys. Um, and I'll also see you guys at the Ardmore, Ardmore Music Hall. Um, I guess one thing I wanted to ask Ray and Russ, just because, man, and I hope it's okay to kind of ask this, but, you know, the past couple of years, you guys, the, the Tab family has, like, gone through so much. And, um, you know, based on the shows that I've seen and listened to, the sound and the, and the vibe and everything is, like, stronger than ever. And I, I just, I'm curious to hear how you guys have dealt with, you know, obviously the loss of Tony and and then James and also just you know, keeping it pushing forward because it doesn't seem like you guys have lost any momentum, but I assume there's a lot of emotion and a lot of, you know, behind the scenes stuff. How have you guys adapted to this kind of chain, these changes over the past year, year and a half? Boy, well, the, yeah, uh, go ahead, Russ. Whatever. Yeah. Well, Tony, I'm not, I've known Tony since I was 22 years old. So it was a pretty tough, but, uh, I mean, obviously when, you know, when Trey asked me who I would like to get for bass or at least try it, I mentioned Desron for his playing and also his spirit, and we all knew him, so that helped a lot, too, you know, him jumping in. And yeah. So, that, you know, helped the pain a little bit. But uh, And now James, which still dealing with that, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, Got to keep push, pushing forward, you know, at least we got each other, too, you know. And the one with the and the music that I love playing with that band. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, what I guess it was was it Sound on Sound. That was the first, the first show that Tab did basically without since James had passed. And yeah, I don't know. It was extremely emotional. Like every one of those songs, like you you could hear how it was different because he wasn't his energy and his sound wasn't there and it I, it I had a hard time i know i know jen did too like just thinking about it now kind of emotional it's it's a lot so yeah. i don't know i really miss the guy and 
Adam, you know, not sure what's going to happen. And, and Trey is, it, it, he was so tore up about it. And, yeah. you know, he's an irreplaceable spirit, you know. So what do you do? Sure. Yeah. But it seems like, I guess, just playing the music and, and, and communicating and, you know, kind of pushing forward through the music is, is what you guys have what you guys have done and, and all you can do in that, in that situation. Thanks for sharing that guys. I appreciate that. I think a lot of fans are, you know, just wondering how you guys have all adapted because like I said, I think the music is, is as good as ever. So whatever you guys are doing to process is, uh, it's coming through strong in the music. Yeah. I mean, it really is, you know, to celebrate, you know, someone's life who you love, like what better way than to make music, you know, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, well, thanks for sharing that. Let me get back to um, Scott. How how have you? I just learned, like you mentioned, kind of uh, obs- kind of observing and and jumping in with with Russ and Ray in this project. What does this add for you as you're kind of you know you're obviously doing JRAD dates all the time. You're you're doing other projects. I know you play a lot in New York. What does this project kind of bring for you musically, and how does it add to kind of what you do what you do aside from Lamp? Yeah, well, I've always loved the I uh, I've always loved um, organ trios, you know, drums, organ, guitar, um, all the like Jack McDuff record, you know, all the way from the Jack McDuff records to John Abercrombie made some records like that. Who was a great jazz guitarist, and um, uh, there's a there's a, one of my favorites now is uh, Larry Goldings and Peter Bernstein and Bill Stewart, which are all kind of in the jazz idiom, I guess. Um, but I've just always loved that sound, you know, there's, there's something very cool about organ, organ drums and, uh, guitar, and it offers a lot of freedom. I love the fact that I don't do anything else that is so, has quite as much freedom because there's only three of us. And if you get the right three guys or girls, you know, through right three people and they're playing great and they're listening to each other. Yeah. The um, the possibilities as to where things can go, like very quickly, are really uh, endless. Um, and with a lot of the other things that I do, you know, like J Rad, J Rad's a big sound. There's a lot of sound coming off the stage, and everybody's uh, really getting after it um, for three hours mm-hmm. uh, every night. And with this, I feel like uh, there's there's more air in it just by the fact that there's only three of us as opposed to five of us. Um, so it's, it, it just offers real, I've never really, I, this is, I, I feel so excited about, about the band and the gigs coming up. I mean, I, I've, I've never, I, I get a very specific <clears throat> sort of energy from this thing that I, I can't say I've ever had from another, uh, from another band, um, which really, makes it you know i i mean I'm, I'm really chomping at the bit over here to get going because <laughs> the gigs that we have done every single one I, I you know we get to the end of the gig and i'm like wow that was like that exceeded all my expectations i don't know about these guys but every night I'm like, man that could that couldn't have gone better i wouldn't change a thing you know what what scott doesn't know is that that russ and i put crystal meth in his ginger ale at every show so. <laughs> no wonder <laughs> whatever you're doing Keep doing it. It's okay. You know, no wonder. <laughs> you, I feel um, the same way, man. I feel the same way. It's so great, man. 
I wanted to ask you, Russ. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Russ. I was going to say, even like when we made the record, I got. I think I probably said it before. We we did. We booked the studio. Did what we said. Well, we should probably rehearse. So we rehearse on a Monday or something. And I was nervous for going in because Ray and I always get together and you know work out some stuff and rehearse on Monday, Tuesday, and, and half a day Wednesday. We banged out that record, man. I was like, this is badass, man. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's true. That was a that, absolutely, and that's only that's one of the only records I've ever made that I still. Usually, when I'm involved with a record, I listen to it obsessively, up until the day, you know, and always like tweaking it and like trying to massage everything right to the sweet spot. And then once it comes out, I, I kind of don't ever want to hear it again, ever. And this is yeah, one of yeah. the only records I've ever made that I can. St- I'm still. I was just listening to um, to it the other day. I put it on to to check something on the arrangement, and uh, I said, "Man, these guys sound awesome. <laughs> this band is great. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's really holding up." I'm at, I did the what is it, six test pressings. I just sat there with my coffee and do them all pretty much in a, in a row, and I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> and just hearing it on the vinyl was like ah, right. Yeah, nice. yeah, right. Yeah, we're pressing vinyl on it now that we're hopefully going to have for the uh, available at the gigs. It's going to be close with the uh, the pressing date and everything, but we're hustling to get it done. That is awesome. To have it at the merch table. That is awesome. Well, I hope I hope people get to check you guys out. Like I said in the notes, I'll put the link to the the Jam Base article that has all the show dates. Um, Ray and Russ, just because based on what I know about Scott, I'm sure that he would like to have some uh, to hear some some you know praise heaped on him here in public. But uh, you guys play with a lot of guitarists, and you played with a lot of guitarists. What did, what do you guys feel like Scott kind of contributes that that's different or that's complementary to what you guys do? What just approach or sound or or whatever you guys observe from from where you sit? Oh, I can, I can answer that one. Scott has a the way he plays and what he plays, like every note is so filled with conviction it's really it's an amazing thing like when we when we russ russ and i play with guitarists you know everyone has a different style but you know a lot of people play a lot of notes and a lot of chords and and you know they're getting their thing out and scott like and i'm when when we play with guitarists and you know they're they're just going to sit in on a tune they don't know the tune which is fine and I'll always say, you know, just on this, there's this one particular tune called uh, Tiny Land. And I'll tell the, the the guitarist, like, look, just one note at a time. Like, you're not allowed to play, play two notes together. And, and sometimes they get in, sometimes they don't, you know, and it's, it, it's whatever it is. And, it, you know, it's it's fun, whatever happens. But Scott just, like, instantly like got it you know this idea of i get i'm getting too complicated for my own good but the way he plays like i said it, every note has this conviction it's like it's so beautiful and great it's like he could just play one note and it's in the right place at the right time and everything can sort of hang around that note for a minute it's i don't know how to explain it but it it just it seems to me it works so well and sounds so great and makes me very happy. I'm actually, it's, it's the old put some air, put some air between the notes, you know, it's what happens between the notes, you know. 
Yeah. Try to approach that mm. drums that way. Yeah. I mean, the way you described it, that sounds great to me. I totally agree. And I'm sorry, Scott, to make you uncomfortable here, but just wanted to, you know. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, guys. It's like, and I totally agree with what they're saying, too. Uh, you know, <clears throat> it, that's one of the things after the gigs, I, I really do feel like it's very, it's very like conversational things. Like, like everybody's kind of completing each other's phrases. I just feel like we hear music in the same way and, and, and everyone's contributing. Like, even if it's a guitar solo or an organ solo, everyone's sort of adding these little afterthoughts to what's happening or contributing to, to what's happening to whoever is out front. And it becomes, um, you know, it just becomes very like a team effort. You know, everybody's rooting for each other. Everybody's, you know, we're kind of saying hell yeah after somebody plays something cool, but we're doing it with our instruments, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love that. That's awesome. I'm so excited for you guys, and, and can't wait to to hear about how the shows go. Like I said, I'll be at the Ardmar show on November 10th, and um, two nights at Nectar's, two nights in Portsmouth. Um, there are tw- 12 dates total in in November and December. So good luck, guys. I can't wait to hear new music, and um, can't wait to see you guys live. And thanks for taking time to to update us on what's going on. All right. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. See you guys soon. See you out there. Take care. on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Stay big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!